Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey everyone, I got Nikki Doucet back on the podcast. It's been a long time since he's been on the podcast. So for today's Strictly Hoop Talk, we talk about um, everything to just breaking down the, the whole restart of the NBA season. Uh, do we like the 22 teams? Would we have finagled with it a little bit? Uh, what about the the protocols and procedures that have been put in place by the NBA as of right now, which is still a developing story. There's going to be more answers to those questions as we go forward, but we have some stuff to talk about on that end, and is the NBA being safe enough? Um, also, we get into Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard and Avery Bradley among the players who are speaking up against um, against police brutality and against social injustice, and what role that plays in sports today and what role sports plays in society because we are in as you know very um very trying times so we get into all that plus we talk about the idea of the layoff being a benefit to one team and a detriment to another so we have our predictions for who's going to benefit and who's going to suffer from this from this layoff that we have of basketball but before we get to today's episode um, I just want to do some quick uh, housekeeping stuff. Follow me on Instagram at RealChrisPlatty, C-H-R-I-S-P-L-A-T-T-E. That's the best way to stay up to date with my content, as well as my Twitter. It's the same handle. Um, but on Instagram, I posted uh, I posted all four of the blank brackets for my March Madness that I did, the Kendrick, the Drake, the Cole, and the uh, 2010s Madness brackets that I did. And also, I posted alongside them my brackets entirely filled out and what those look like so um so you can see where my where my own individual picks are um i had a great time doing the brackets season um it's i can't i can't wait till next year's brackets i already uh, i've already started working on next year's brackets so bracket season will come back next year and i'm i'm very excited for that but in the meantime if you want any of those bra- brackets to be blank and so that you can fill them out dm me on twitter instagram wherever you wherever you follow me wherever you uh wherever you have my contact information email me um however you prefer and i will uh i will send you all of the brackets entirely blank for you to fill out so um other than that um, i'm gonna do some gonna do some hip-hop stuff soon i'll keep that under wraps and uh, definitely going to get to some more NBA talk as 
the uh, as the season progresses, I'm going to have my guy Tim, aka Cringes McBasketball, back on the podcast. Very excited for that. We're going to take it a deep dive into the numbers of uh, of the uh, of just how how this whole thing is going to work and who is it really going to benefit. I, I I'd love to look at the numbers because, uh, like I said, Nikki and I uh, we just we just discussed kind of. Um, our, our, our initial thoughts, our gut feelings, but I'd love to look at the raw data of, of the rest and all of that stuff, which I'll get into with, uh, with Tim when I have him on the podcast. And also, we did have a quick side note talking about Dave Chappelle's uh, amazing stand-up performance that was uh, 846. It's on YouTube, Instagram. Um, so we kind of get sidetracked in the middle of the podcast and talk about that for a little bit. But um but it was it was very important to talk about, and um, it was very very relevant, very powerful. So I do recommend that piece of content if you're done consuming my content, of course. But without further ado, man, that's it. Uh, I'm gonna throw it to the podcast, throw it to the intro music, and let's get this let's get this pod rolling. Welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty. It's been a while since I said those three words, Strictly Hoop Talk, but we are back here to talk some basketball, and I brought back my guy, Nikki Doucet of the No Disrespect Podcast. Uh, man, dead-end sports guy, just dead-end really everything. Man, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, the, the titles is getting a little too long. I don't know. I might just have to go by one name. like. <laughs> Cause it's just, it's just, uh, <laughs> I'm doing a lot, but yeah, good to be back, man. Yeah, man, it's it's good, man. Last time, last time I had you on the podcast, Russell Westbrook was potentially being traded. Like, it's been a, it's been a while, yeah, man. Wow, it, it has been. So much has happened since then. Yeah, man, so much. Um, first off, you know, before we get into today's discussion, man, I just wanna, I just wanna kick it with you for a minute and just kind of see, you know. How how you feeling? How you doing during this whole this whole quarantine and now everything that's going on in the world? How are your spirits? You good? Everybody good? Yeah, everybody's good. The family's good. Um, still working, which is a blessing. Uh, I know a lot of people got affected by everything, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So as far as that is concerned, I'm doing good on that, and I'm thankful for that. But as far as like on some real shit, like yeah, it's pretty boring. I felt like. <laughs> Uh, Damon Wayans and Major Payne when he got <laughs> laid off in the first half of that movie. Like, I'm just in a room by myself, damn near looking at a rat. Like, so it's just, it's, it's, it's hard times. So, I have to hear that we're finally getting something back, you know, before the whole summer ends. Yeah, man. I'm, I, I'm happy that we're getting, that we're getting some type of summer. It seems like, hopefully, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know where it's where it's going to go from here and i'm going to try to you know do my part to you know to socially distance all that stuff and and just be a part of everything that's everything that's going on in the world right now also not covid related and really just um you know it's just it's just this year has put me in a um in a perspective where i really just i i feel like i understand and value the blessing of life a lot more like i like i i truly just 
between, you know, personal situations and also all the stuff that's going on in the world, I've really, I've really kind of, you know, re-energized my spirit and kind of, and kind of changed my, my, my outlook on, on life because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in a lot of unfortunate situations around the world and I'm blessed to have the situation I have and, um, I'm going to use whatever, whatever I can to help, uh, to help make everybody's situation, uh, as blessed as it possibly can be. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel you on that. It's just, <laughs> it's a little funny cause I feel like because of this quarantine, a lot of people had a lot of time to reflect on themselves and mm-hmm. just everything and everybody that I've been talking to as we're slowly but surely coming out of it, they all sound like they just found Jesus. Like they all talk about yeah. life. Like, look, I, 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 I'm changing my life around. I, I lost weight. I'm, I'm getting back. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a bunch of things. It's like, wow. Like people, like, I feel like this is, uh, it's kind of like one of the, those situations where it's something that you don't wish happened, but you kind of take the good with the bad and there's right. a lot of good things that are coming out of it uh, at least from what i'm seeing so far yeah 100 percent um all right let's get into some nba basketball while we're really here so uh the nba is back right now teams have agreed to return tentatively july 31st 22 teams um those teams go as follow i'll pull up the list in a second but right now um, I just want to go over kind of like the policies and stuff that are that are that are happening. So there's a lot of procedures obviously taking place because of COVID. Um, so in Orlando, where where this is at, um, coaches and refs are not required to wear masks currently. Uh, the coaching association is actually fearful that their employment is at jeopardy due to COVID risks. Um, there's been a, an anonymous help. A hotline that's been developed for people violating protocol so you can report if staff personnel um, etc are violating the protocol and also it is uh it is totally a, a decision that is left up to everybody to make whether they want to come to orlando the nba has said that if staff personnel elect not to go to orlando it is up to each team to delegate how they pay them if they pay them etc for those that do test positive for covid19 um players or staff they are put in isolation housing which is a which is a part of the quote-unquote campus um there's a map that zach low posted i'm not good at describing geographic location so i won't bother I, I won't bother saying all that but um you can you can google the nba map or you can go on zach low's uh twitter he has it there but um there's isolation housing for those who test positive and they are sent there until they are until they are clear of COVID-19 until they test, uh, until they test that they no longer have it. Um, teams, team governors are allowed to sit in and watch games and arenas, uh, games and practices, sorry, and sit 25 feet away and observe, uh, while using separate entrances and exits than the players. And there's also going to be a wearable ring that the team can use to track heart rate and also just other potential risk and exposure to COVID itself, maybe even uh, notifying if a player has it. So, um, so, so that's something that will be, uh, that players can elect to wear. It's not, it's not mandatory, but it is something that they can wear um, if they so, if they so choose to. So these are all of the facts. Now, let me get the, now let me get the list of the teams here that I have on my, um, on my page. So obviously it's all of the playoff teams. Um, 
you know that wait why is it on the nba store sorry it took me to the nba store for some reason not the nba website <laughs> so i was like i was like seeing advertisements for all sorts of uh all sorts of like accessories and, and jerseys and stuff all right so yeah so the teams that are going are milwaukee toronto boston miami indiana philadelphia brooklyn orlando washington um and then for the west it is the lakers the clippers the denver nuggets the jazz the thunder the houston rockets the mavericks the grizzlies the trailblazers the or uh pelicans the kings the spurs and the suns so those are the list of the teams the 22 teams 13 in the west nine in the east so all of that being considered, um, first off, are you are are you totally on board with the twenty two teams that they brought back? I know there's been arguments that you know Washington and Phoenix should not have been brought back because they really don't have um, they have a very small chance. But um, other team um, there's other things as far as as far as all the the procedures and protocol. Like, what is your takeaway? As I read all that information, um, my takeaway is that the NBA is literally taking advantage of this whole pandemic because it makes no sense for why Phoenix, Washington, or even Orlando should even be in co- competing at all, even the Pelicans to a certain extent, to be competing at all in this uh, playoff scenario because those teams were really going to be – we all knew how the season was going to end out. Those teams were not going to be qualifiers for the playoffs. Point well, Orlando, Orlando, well, they're currently the eighth seed. In advantage uh, of this whole situation – by adding these teams that co- like coincidentally have superstars or potential superstars, mm-hmm. and you know the NBA is all about building up the next person up, as you see with uh, them trying to crown Giannis or Kawhi or even Steph mm-hmm. to take over when LeBron and that whole draft class, that whole era dies out. So yeah, I I, I I'm not really against it because I do want to see more of Zion. I do want to see John Moran. I do want to see. Uh, maybe see more of Bradley Beal, Dev, definitely Devin Booker. I feel like everybody kind of wants to see him do well just because he has to deal with Phoenix. So I don't mind it necessarily, but it is kind of like, let's be honest, Memphis should be the AC, point blank period. There should be no competition with him. But more basketball in the, during the time where I have nothing to watch, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, that's the way I look at it, man. Is like the more basketball, the better. I get it that Phoenix, um, Phoenix and Washington have very, uh, very small shots at actually making the playoffs. I understand that, um, and I also understand the logistics of it. You should try to keep it as narrow as possible, considering that you know, considering the just the the spread of of COVID, it, it's smartest to have the least amount of people there possible. Um, and each team brings with them many staff members, players, all of that, it, uh, all of that. So I understand why people are mad about it. But to me, like, I'm just happy basketball is back. Like, I would have watched, I would have watched, watched a Cleveland Atlanta game if if that's what if that's what was on. <laughs> like, man, I am just itching for basketball. So I'm okay with it. And as far as the procedures go, I do feel like the NBA is. Um, is there the coaching thing is a little bit is a little bit worrisome um because i believe that the coaches should have the right to just uh should have their own individual right to to decide whether they want to risk it or or 
not as far as as far as covid um and wearing masks and all that stuff so i think that that should be a um a freedom for coaches especially because coaches are communicating with the players and uh the mask makes it hard to hard to communicate with players so I think I think that the coaches should be able to choose whether or not they want to wear a mask, choose whether or not they want to even coach, um, because there's been there's been you know ideas floated around that the NBA would prefer if their older coaches, the Greg Popoviches, the Alvin Gentrys uh, of the world, that if they Mike D'Antoni as well, that um, that that they would like for them to stay home just because you know uh just because of their their risk factor so i understand why the nba is trying to um think that way and i'm glad that they're thinking compassionately but at the end of the day i think that the coaches should have their right and i don't i and i don't know where that's where that's going but i'm glad but i think it's ultimately going to end up being um being something that each each person is deciding because that's what we're seeing with the player stuff which we'll get into a little later so i think that I think that overall, uh, I'm okay. I, I'm positive, or I'm optimistic that the coaches and the NBA are gonna figure that out. But other than that, I think the the procedures and everything seem to be great. Yeah, I think uh, I think Adam Silver basically was just saying uh, initially when they were questioning him about like what if something happens as far as a, another player getting exposed during the middle of all this. I think I. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but basically what I was hearing is that he's saying, "Look, whatever happens, happens. We yep. we got to get we got to get things back going. Like this is it's too much money going on right now, too much money that we've already lost that we're trying to recoup by doing this wacky, crazy playoff scenario. Anyway, like at this point, people gonna if people gonna get sick, people gonna get sick. And I think yep. that's what is trickling down to other. Uh, I think even the NFL is kind of getting on that on board with that as well. Like. At this point in time, people were like, well, we can't stay inside forever, so somebody's got to be the first to walk out. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree 100%. I'm looking forward to this, man, when it comes back. I'm very much excited. You know, it's going to be an eight-game regular season held by by a play-in tournament for the last spot in the West. Uh, I'm very excited that the NBA is finally getting to do a play-in tournament um, just because, you know, that's something that – they were obviously kicking around a lot, and that was an idea that that Am Silver actually wanted to incorporate into the league before everything happened with the coronavirus. But um, but now the times have forced them the NBA to kind of be experimental and do things a little bit outside the box. And I think that that's something that um, that the NBA should continue to look at. So I'm I'm excited for that. I'm excited by just the fact that we got basketball back. Now, the bigger discussion here, and perhaps the most important discussion with everything that's going on with the with with the protests and as well as as well as the epidemic, you know players are voicing concern and they're stating whether or not they want to come back and Kyrie has been obviously the most vocal he's been someone who has um who has proposed even to his teammates of starting uh starting their own league, which is an idea that's been that's been kind of kicked around a, a little bit before with like Chris Paul and stuff years ago, but um, Kyrie's proposing to his teammates to start their own league. He's also uh, being supported by other players like Dwight Howard and Avery Bradley. Um, where I fall on this is essentially that I believe 
I believe Kyrie has the 100% right to decide whether he wants to play or not and make a stand during these times. I understand that these are times that um, there's a lot more important stuff going on than basketball. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm excited that basketball is back, but there's a lot more stuff that is far more important than sports right now. But that being, that being said, um, that being said, I feel like, I feel like that, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to celebrities and when it comes to, um, basketball, especially with, with, a sport that's just going to have the whole world watching because it there's there's such a there's such a desire for sports right now that's such an incredible platform that and I trust that the players will use it the right way. I I know there's a lot of smart players in the league that are doing a lot of awesome stuff, so I I, I trust that I trust that the players will will make a smart move and use their platform the right way and um so I think that I think that with that being said, like Kyrie, I'm not going to knock him. He has his right. And if he believes that what he is thinking, saying, and doing is the absolute best measure for change, then who am I Who am I to judge? We all have our opinions. You might think it's a good idea. You might think it's a bad idea. I'll toss it to you in a second. But the point, the, the point of the way I see it is that Kyrie has his, his right to make his decision. I'm glad he's voicing his opinion. Um, and it's opinion that even though I disagree with just because of particularly America, America in particular just has such a fascination and an infatuation with celebrity. Like Dave Chappelle in his new stand-up said, you know, uh, do we give a fuck what Ja Rule thinks right now about all of this going on? And while that should be true, and I and I agree with Dave, like me personally, I don't care what um, what every single person thinks about this situation everybody has their right to have their their own perspective like i have i have mine and i'm doing my i'm trying to do my part so i understand that but if we're being really real there's a lot of people that look up to kyrie irving that look up to lebron james that look up to dwight howard that look up to avery bradley all of these players in the in the league and that's a tremendous platform that i think can definitely help you help push the cause and be a be a, a vessel for change yeah the thing is like i agree with pretty much everything you're saying i think just from from my perspective it's kind of like Kyrie is like that little brother who all you all the time that you've known him he ain't really been saying shit and then once he gets a little bit older and he starts saying like some things that actually are truthful you still kind of question it based on as far as like how much do you really know about it? How much do you really care about it? Because for mm-hmm. uh, for the longest that I've seen, you've been talking about this flat earth bullshit and like other things that we just now check off like oh that's just Kyrie, you know just it, yeah. it's, and now and now it's like like you're, to your point which you were mentioning like he is saying something that does mean something that should somewhat be taken seriously, but at this point in time, I don't give a damn about that shit, Kyrie. If you want me to keep it a bean, Chris. I want to see basketball. All right, I don't want yeah. to wait. I don't want to wait forty to fifty to seventy years to see an all black league. We will get there, but for right now, what's best right now is that for one, we get money in these players' pockets because unlike if you haven't signed with LeBron James, you ain't been getting a check. Yeah, so pretty much. That's what. <laughs> that's, it, that's true. What it is. Shout Everybody, out Blake Griffin. Yeah, so <laughs> that's why. For one, that's what we need to get back, and two, again. During all this time, I think 
the biggest question is like does basketball coming back cause a distraction as far as from what's going on right now politically and socially and stuff like that and i i agree that that's a good point but at the same time for me from my perspective i'm just speaking as an individual not i'm not trying to speak Mm -hmm. for the black race then i i want a distraction from seeing countless times like black people dying of, of of all this stuff like this quarantine has has gratefully made us all as a country focus in and really look at the evil of America and make change. I'm seeing mm-hmm. a lot of corporations now are actually talking to each other, communicating well like this out of this darkness you're seeing some light. Yeah. It's a but that's another reason for me to be like I, where can I check out? You know what I'm saying? Like well, yeah. wh- why do I have to sit? I've already I live it. Why do I have to sit in it? So mm-hmm. basketball coming back is something for me to look forward to cuz it's something that just takes my mind off it. That's the whole beauty of sports anyway. Throughout mm-hmm. all the tragedy, we've had sports to look on to kind of get us away for a little bit. And regardless if this is like a rec league style NBA playoff tournament, right. some, something's better than nothing. So, again, I do agree with what Kyrie's saying, but we got we, we're on the way to progress right now. A lot of people are taking things very seriously, more seriously than I've ever seen. So I, mm-hmm. that gives me hope that like this will continue because I know a lot of people are going to make sure it does. Yeah, and that and that's a very that's a very valid point. My only concern would be again, and this is coming from an outsider perspective, obviously because I, because I'm white. I would just my my perspective is is that you know you're you're talking about we are progressing. I do believe we are progressing. That is something that you know when 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 things first started happening, I really I I was very sad. I was very sad for like the first five days week whatever it was but then as i started to continuously see people gathering to protest uh making changes in their neighborhood um talking to people that i know that never gave a shit about politics registering to vote like i once i started to see so many people actually making real real change and um i did start to feel better about it but my only hope with that would be that I want the NBA to come back and I want it and I want them to say something just because I do not I I I appreciate that sports is a distraction and I agree you know I I agree that that it is that it should be a distraction but also I don't want this to be lost like like I really do want genuine change from the entire country and I think that even though we are progressing I I, I would am I, am I wrong to be fearful that that we could potentially get too complacent? That's the that's the thing that you don't know. You know that's the yeah. Like we have the devil we know, which is what we're seeing in front of us, which we're trying, which is enticing a lot of us to be out there. However, you are trying to progress things, you know, whether you're protesting or behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But the devil you don't know is like, like what. There's always seems like that there's a time limit on activism when it comes to yeah, like yeah. when everybody's aware and everybody's ready to go out and do stuff. But then a few months later, pass or whatever, and then we're back to regular schedule mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. Um, but the, that's why the thing, this whole quarantine thing has kind of put us in a this this quarantine has lasted longer than anybody ever expected. No one yep. even expected it would start. So for the fact that nothing's been going on and all we have is this, I think that's the reason why it's, it's been lingering longer than what we all are normally accustomed to. So I'm hoping that because of that, it just becomes more like habitual. 
Like, yeah. you know, it, it, it becomes something that, like, oh, we can't just let this go because we've been talking about this. We've been creating policy because a lot of policy is happening, whether it's corporations or even uh, federally, like when it comes mm-hmm. to like, let's let's take care of this issue right now because we can't we can't mess up anymore. Like yeah. seeing that man die for like, like you said, that Dave Chappelle special, eight minutes and 46 seconds. Like that's something that's probably going to traumatize America for a long time. That's like a, that's probably like the modern day Rodney King video. Yeah, absolutely, man. And shout out to Dave Chappelle as a, as a total side note because that was absolutely spectacular. His performance, I was, I I was never so um, emotionally invested in something, uh, in any type of stand up performance. I mean, Dave Chappelle, it, it really wasn't even stand up. It was it was a sermon, and it was so it was so beautifully done. I watched it, literally. M- literally five times like i watched it the whole entire thing multiple times because it was so it was so moving it was so it was so good so i just wanted to say a quick shout out to him i assume by you referencing it you also seen all of it right yeah yeah yeah. i saw it like i think it dropped at like two in the morning yeah you know, something with random this, with like with these quarantine hours i was up so <laughs> i saw something i was Facts. like i saw someone tweet about it like oh here's a new dave Chappelle special i'm like what so i clicked on it and i was like and after I watched it, because it's only like half an hour, it's like one of yeah. the shortest things. Yeah. And I was like, I've never seen him that emotional before. Like, yeah. usually he he's already processed that, and he's just giving you the funny. But mm-hmm. like, we actually saw him just like, and even though he had a few jokes here and there, like you mentioned, it's mostly serious. It's like a sermon. It's like, I need you to feel this right now. This is how I'm feeling. Yeah, and, and that. Yeah, that was actually what he put like in the description of it. Usually I, I, I don't like to give you guys something so unrefined. So like, you know, you thinking of just everything that's happened, like comedians take a long time to craft their special. That's that special that you see is like is like 50 to 100 plus shows before before you uh, before you see it. Like there is a lot of working with with the material. So for Dave to give us something this quick and be that amazing uh, just absolute hats off to him, and um, and and I really and I really do. My biggest takeaway from it, I, and I know we'll we'll get back to the NBA, but I really want to talk about the Dave Chappelle special <laughs> that because it's just so good. Um, my biggest takeaway was just was just like my heart goes out to Dave Chappelle because you could see like those were really raw emotions, like equating the earthquake to George Floyd to um to the uh to the 8 and 24 being uh being his birthday and 846 the time of uh the time that George Floyd was was um suffocating that is the time of day that Dave Chappelle was born and then his great grandfather also being somebody who visited the White House like all of that like the way he was delivering it almost felt like he was speaking from a place where he's not sure he's safe like he's not speaking from a perspective of like uh, uh of somebody who assumes they're gonna have a long life and that was kind of haunting and and sad to see yeah again like i i've never seen him like that and and again like when it comes to how he delivers things he's so like professional with it mm-hmm. like you know like you like you were mentioning like comedians train kind of like boxers but it's more of a mental training as far as like how do they come up with their set and just to see the raw emotions of him yeah it was it was moving it was moving and it was but it was still dave though so that's why i was kind of yeah. like I, I guess 
right now, I think he has a he has one of the few right voices right now where people just sit back and listen. I would say like him, Killer Mike, uh, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a couple others, but like they just Chris have Rock. Like, if what if he if he does a special soon, I mean that's gonna be great. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird because everybody in entertainment right now is kind of like sitting back because mm-hmm. like <laughs> there's no work going around really. So I'm, I'm, I'll be interested to see what comes out of it. Like, what Absolutely. will that next Chris Rock special sound like? He probably had to ball up all his material and throw it out the oh, window yeah. after all this. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Chris Rock got rid of everything. Uh, but let's get back to NBA. Um, I just wanted to shout that out. Uh, go if you have not watched it. It's on IGTV. It's on YouTube. I don't think it's actually on Netflix itself, but it's on like all of Netflix's like social media. I think I think Dave Chappelle wanted it to be something that's free that's not behind the subscription paywall a digital thing yeah yeah but since he's like you know through his contract with netflix i'm sure that that's how he or he still kind of had to go through netflix or or chose to i don't know um but yeah go check it out it's on youtube ig tv everywhere uh let's get back to let's get back to now the discussion of Assuming the players come back, assuming we get basketball, Nick, who does the layoff benefit? Who does it hurt? Because historically speaking, and just logistically speaking, actually, not historically, logistically speaking, whenever you have a situation that happens, there's always in in anything in life, there's always a benefit. There's always somebody who benefits. There's always somebody who loses from that situation. And take any situation in life. There, any situation creates a creates an advantage some way or another a winner a loser etc so there i don't know who the teams are like we're gonna make our prediction for players and teams that benefit the most and get hurt the most by by this uh by this layoff of what's now like three months of no basketball like but we don't truly know like we're not gonna know until we see it but there is going to be a benefit and the the first team that I think gets hurt by it is the Clippers. I think I the was, Clippers. We're on the same. We're on the same wave. I was gonna. Those, I have two teams for each. For uh, I have two teams that it hurt and two teams that it uh benefited. And the Clippers are definitely one of them that it hurts for me. Who's your well. Who's your other? Uh, Memphis. Okay, let, let's get into Clippers and then we'll get into Memphis and then I'll let you uh, get into Memphis. But my thoughts on why the Clippers are, are going to be hurt by this. And I think you're probably in line with me is that this is a team that never got to play together all season. Like yep. they had, mm-hmm. they had like 10 games all season where they were playing with the whole, with the whole team. And now they're coming off three months of layoff and yeah, they can text and talk about basketball all they want, but like you need to actually play together and get that unity. And I was kind of, before the season ended, I was actually getting a little bit worried. I, I think the Clippers are still one of the, the two or three best teams in the league, but I was getting concerned that it's this late in the season and they still haven't gotten their reps together and they still don't look like they're fully ready. And they just added like two players off of the buyout market. So they so here goes more that you got to incorporate. So it's like, I'm, I'm very, I'm very concerned with um with the clippers now granted they have eight regular season games plus some rounds of playoff to get uh to get their uh to get their footing back and i think they will but um i do think ultimately this does this does hurt them a little bit 
if there's anything you want to add on the Clippers, you can go ahead, and if not, you can jump to Memphis. No, like, yeah, I was just going to say I agree. It's, I, my main point was just chemistry. It has nothing to do with the roster because I still think the roster is, like, probably easily top two, top three in the league. Yeah. Um, just based off of talent-wise. And then when you add the coaching on top of it with Doc, I've said my piece about Doc, but at the end of the day, I know when he gets veteran superstars together, he can make something happen. Um, so I trust that. It's just that chemistry, like you said, they never all were together. Um, it's kind of like if you were just getting to know a girl and then you had to leave to go study abroad and then you came back, things are different. You may yeah. be the same girl, but things are different. That's kind of like what I feel like with this team. Like I still feel like just based off of raw talent, they should be able to win it, win the, the whole thing, like even uh, take down the Lakers. But that chemistry, that that's what cost the uh, the – the Heatles, their first year against Dallas, their championship. Yep. So, yeah, hundred percent. That's a great. That's a great parallel. Um, usually, a lot of super team. Honestly, the only super teams in NBA history that uh, that won together their first years were Boston and Golden State. Yep. Those were the only ones. Every every other team was met with some type of was met with some type of uh, failure in their first year. And you can even you can even kind of say that Golden State wasn't really even a super team until after they came like uh, they won their first title because that yeah. was just a draft that was just a well drafted team at that point that's what they were supposed to be well that yeah that's what I'm saying is like they're the only team that like and, and I'm saying like super team as far as when they added Kevin Durant and they oh, won okay. their they they won their first year just like the 0708 Boston team when they traded for KG and Ray Allen they did end up winning their very first year. So like, but usually history tells us that these team up things don't necessarily work in year one. So you're absolutely right to make that to make that comparison. Um, I'm fa- I'm curious to see why you why you think Memphis. Now I have I have my thought on it, but I'm curious to see why why Memphis is a team that you think could potentially be hurt by this layoff. Okay, let me see if we're two for two as far as like the same way. Yeah. My thing with Memphis is more of circumstances. Because of this layoff and because of how they just reshuffled the NBA with this playoff seating and the fact that they basically lost their kind of locked in uh eighth seed spot cuz they were like 3 games above at least Portland and I think the Pelicans yeah, were Yeah, 3 rising. and a half. 3 yeah. and a half. So they, so it was basically the Pelicans and, and Portland who can dethrone them from that eighth seed, but they kind of pretty much had it locked up as long as they just kept winning a few more games. The fact that Portland is in it, the fact that Pelicans are in it, both who have, uh, well, one has a superstar who's coming off an injury. The other one has a big man who is a game changer, one healthy as far as Portland. And then you give Melo time to rest. Like, like they're I think they, this yeah. has hurt them because of all the teams that you had to battle and beat have gotten healthier. And on top of that, the position that you put yourself in, because no one expected Memphis. I think the only other team that is more surprising than Memphis this year is the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> like, no one expected Memphis to be an eight seed right after being a number two overall pick away, yeah. you know, just last year. So I think, unfortunately, Memphis will have to, will probably miss out on the playoffs this year just because of this whole virus, just because of the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I I agree with you. Uh, Memphis is a team that um, that really got put in a bad situation because of this. Now, the counter to that would be, and I thought I never thought about this actually until until I um, 
until I heard Brian Windhorst talk about it and, it, and it made a lot of sense, was that everybody was actually, the math was suggesting, so those, like, that ESPN playoff uh, uh, forecaster program that they have where they run a simulation, because New Orleans' schedule was so easy, they were actually at a 60% chance to, to make the eighth seed. So, like, Memphis was the underdog despite having three-game lead just because of how tough Memphis's schedule was and how easy um, New Orleans was. But now New Orleans is actually put at a little bit of a disadvantage because now th- now they're not playing uh, Atlanta, Cleveland, Golden State. Like, they're not playing the teams that were at the bottom of the league. They're playing all good teams. So, um, so their schedule is by nature, uh, by nature harder than it, than it was. So that, that would be the only counter, but I do agree in the fact that Memphis is a team that, um, they had a lot of momentum too going into, um, going into that final stretch of the season. Uh, Dame again was, was kind of hobbling. He was dealing with his injury. And now, like you said, Nurkic can now be healthy, um, New Orleans can be healthier. Zion can be more conditioned and in shape. Uh, so there, so there's a lot of so the disadvantages for for Memphis are kind of what's surround them, not them themselves, right? Yeah, pretty much. Even though that Pelicans roster is really underrated as far as young yeah. talent, that's probably that's probably the only team in the NBA who has like really good budding young talent that is on the same page. Mm. Maybe Boston. But I would say the most of them are vets now. Yeah, I would say I would say New Orleans. I I love what they got going on there. Um, let's talk about the teams that benefit from this. So to me, one of the teams that I have as not necessarily a benefit, they they kind of like Memphis benefit indirectly, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. And the reason I say the Milwaukee Bucks is because the way they play is such a system. And it's just they've done it so much that it's so routine. Like all of those players have been there multiple years. Most of them, they all know and understand each, every inch, every detail of that entire system. So I think that I think that they're a team that's going to be able to kind of just click right when they come back. Like it'll take them a game or two, but they're not the Clippers. You know, the chemistry, everything is there. So they kind of, I think benefit in the short term just because they'll have the they'll have this the 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 smallest uh the smallest incline in getting back into game uh game shape i would um i'm surprised you mentioned them because i would think that also Giannis getting healthy as well i'm not saying i'm surprised you mentioned them as far as them not being a good team but it's just like they're just like an obvious good team i didn't think this thing affected the Bucks in general, because Giannis, I mean, once I found out that Giannis was, you know, working with Kobe or talking with Kobe and on how to be better, I knew that, that like, for the next few years, he's going to dominate. So I don't, I'm oh, not yeah. really worried about them. I think the team that, for me, benefited the, one of the teams that benefited the most is the 76ers. And I know I have, yep. again, I've said my piece about the 76ers, but again, when we're talking about being off for basically, what, five months? You got Ben Simmons who was nicked up. Uh, Joel Embiid always has something nagging. Like there was a lot of key injuries on that Sixers team. That now, if hopefully, if they're doing their right conditioning, coming out of this, they should be one of the healthiest teams to 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 step right in and be fresh. And they're still a young team, so yeah, maybe this is their year as far as to get past the second round. 
maybe we see a conference finals with the Sixers and the Bucks, or be yeah, pretty much probably be the Bucks, and I don't think anybody else. But I think the Sixers definitely benefited from this as well. Can I make? Can I give you my my East take? That's um that's been that's been in my heart for a long time, but I haven't really discussed it on the podcast. Chris, you should know me by now. I'm, I'm always welcoming hot takes, so go ahead. I have no confidence in the East. I have <laughs> no zero confidence in in the entire East, and all of these teams are fine. Like Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, um, Indiana is. I don't know. I could take her, take or leave. I'm not. I'm not too big on them as as much as everybody else is. And Philly. So let's just take the five big name teams um excluding Brooklyn because KD's not healthy this year and Kyrie's not healthy this year so though that group of teams I am so unbelievably uncertain about what's going to happen in the playoffs like I I do not have I'm not comfortable picking any of them to come out of the uh, of the east Milwaukee I'm not comfortable because Malcolm Brogdon the departure I think that's going to be something that's going to be exposed a lot more in the playoffs because Malcolm Brogdon was that other off-ball guy. He was that he was that safety net for when Bledsoe was being trash. And during the regular season, because the Milwaukee Bucks are such a system and Giannis is so dominant that you can you can between George Hill and Pat Connington, you can stitch up 70-80% of what Malcolm Brogdon was and just chug right along. But Come playoff time, we saw with Toronto when when Toronto walled up and they stopped Giannis, it was it was up to Malcolm Brogdon, Eric Bledsoe to create, and they lost Malcolm Brogdon. So I think that's a huge loss. Toronto obviously losing Kawhi and Danny Green hurts a lot, but um, but they played very well this year. Uh, Boston. Boston's a team that's up and down. I I don't really I don't really know if I fully if I fully trust them um to to make it out of the east. Miami is seems like it's a team that comes together but it relies a lot on some young talent and the heat culture is good and all of that and I think that they have a good team, but again, if we're talking this team making the finals, I just I don't see that roster as good enough to be a finals team. It's, and it's, then Philly is a mess. It's funny you mention all that, and you don't see the opportunity or excitement in all of those matchups. Like, I, oh yeah, I mean, I I'm excited. That, I, I'm I excited may, for it, but I have no clue what's going to happen. I may agree that the, whoever's going to, whoever comes out the West is going to be king, regardless. Um, but at the same time, it's just an entertainment value. The East is way more exciting than the West right now because, for one, I don't already think the Houston Rockets are going are not going to make the finals as they usually don't, and right. then after that, it's just the Clippers and the Lakers. Like, there's really no other like Denver. Okay, are you kidding me? No. Yeah. Uh, uh, Luca has probably eaten as many cheeseburgers in this <laughs> uh, quarantine as I have, so he's done. The Mavs are out. Like, it's like. The West is just very it's, – it's pretty much a, a two-team race. Um, but with the East, is like, can the Raptors make it out? Because they were playing really great before the uh, the virus hit. Um, they were actually kind of under – like, Pascal Siakam was actually becoming more of an all-star than, uh, than last year. And then, yeah. you, uh, again, you mentioned you got Boston. Boston, no one re- – I, I feel like we take Boston for granted. I don't know why we do this. I guess because they've been so consistent for so long, but they're also like that – 
they're like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like they have a lot of talent, but you haven't seen them in the big dances in a, in a while. But, so it's just like, I, I still think that maybe this could be their year as well. Um, again, the Sixers, and then you got uh, the Bucks. I don't think Malcolm Brogdon is as big as a loss as people think. I think they just said that because he was 60-40-90 or 50-40-90, whatever that crazy stat is that people love. He did that for one season, so they felt like he was like the third piece that they were missing. But I don't – I mean, they're they're number one in the East regardless without him. Is he doing some good things in Indiana? Yeah, but he's not a star. Giannis is. So yeah. I, I think there's a lot of excitement out of these. I, I, I think every match every, – I think for the first three rounds – and we haven't probably said that in a while about the East. They're all exciting matchups. Well, maybe yeah, I forgot most that. of them. I mean, yeah, I forgot Washington and Orlando are still in there. So yeah, let's get to the second round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree with you. Like, I'm I'm interested. Like, I I'm just saying from a pure confidence perspective, I have absolutely no confidence in any of those teams making the finals. But some, but one of them will. Like one of them, one of them will make the finals. I just, I have no idea who I go back and forth. And I just, there, there's things I, I don't like about each team that just, that, that just kind of, that just kind of worry me. So like my default right now is Milwaukee because I'm, I'm just assuming that Giannis going up another level and him not having to go through Kawhi and that unbelievable Toronto defense. Now, granted that Toronto defense is still really good but it's not as good as it was. So, you know, I, I'm that's where I'm leaning to pick. But, like, I just I don't really have a lot of confidence in any of those teams uh, compared to the teams out west. I do agree that the playoffs themselves will be more interesting in the east, at, at least in the first, like, at least in the first couple rounds, just because of the fact that you have all this uncertainty. Whereas the West, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I think it is pretty much set in stone for a lot of it. You know, um, Houston, Houston, Denver. You you know where that's going. Assuming assuming all these seedings stay the same, Utah, OKC. That might be a little frisky, but I think we all know where that one's going. Um, and then the Clippers, the Clippers, Mavericks. Yeah, Luca and Luca. Good luck there. And then Lakers, Grizzlies. Like yeah, like the first. It's really just going to come down to Lakers, Clippers. Um, in the in the conference finals so I get it like I I get what you're saying and I didn't mean it to sound like I was I was not entertained by it I just mean from a pure confidence perspective I've I've I don't really have a lot of faith in any of those east teams compared to the two teams out west yeah I mean I I I mean from from that standpoint alone yeah I agree as far as the east hasn't really been competitive on the other side since uh, the LeBron Cavs, and even then, I'll even go back to say, as you mentioned earlier, the the Boston Celtics of the KG uh, days and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I <laughs> the West has always been dominant. I just think that again, this is a year that is unlike any other year in basketball. So we don't know what could happen. I would like to see Giannis in the finals, just in general, though. Yep. Just to just to validate that uh, MVP, he could win again this year. But like the one he got last year, I feel like I felt like Toronto winning last year. As much as people talk about an asterisk <laughs> for this season, some people probably can, uh, will say the same thing about last year because of uh, the Clay Thompson and the KD injuries. Now this season is kind of like it, it. It could be a year for Milwaukee. You know, I, I just think anything's possible yeah. right now. So I, I, I'm just living. I'm just trying to just enjoy good basketball at this point. 
when it comes to predicting it, I, I hope the Clippers come out because I, I would love to see uh, Kawhi be the first player to not only uh, win three three titles in a different city or like one title in a different city, but also just to like him to dethrone LeBron in LA would just be beautiful. Yeah, I mean that would be interesting. I mean the way I see it, let's transition from from that. Unless you have any other teams or players you think oh, benefit. No, that, that, yeah, that was it for me. Okay. So, um, so then let's let's transition to what you just said, um, talking about just kind of predictions. So the way I see it playing out, and I felt this way before the season ended, um, for for basketball reasons and non basketball reasons, because I'm gonna be a hundred percent transparent. I I always I always am. So the basketball standpoint had me leaning towards L.A. because the Lakers, I should say. Uh, LA is not specific at all, actually. Yeah, you um, so, respect yeah. on the Clippers now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the Lakers uh, were my pick because they just seemed like a team that was just from a basketball sense. It seemed to be fitting much more than I thought it would. And typically, typically when it comes to the playoffs, which is why I um, why I picked the Cavs in 2015, the year, or 16, the year they they came back from three one. Um, because the playoffs are you get physical so guys like Steph Curry are not going to shine as bright as guys like Giannis now obviously Steph plays great in the playoffs that's not a thing but that's not a a huge thing but if we're being really real Steph numbers they do dip in the in the playoffs particularly in the finals because why your the refs allow for more physicality and who's going to be more physical than the Lakers? The Lakers have a million centers and a million power forwards and small forwards. Like they have, they they have such a such a size advantage over most teams. The Clippers have pretty big wings, but they don't have a big front court. They don't have Montrezl Harrell is not that big. Zubac is big, but are are you really putting your faith in in, in Zubac? For, for a whole playoff series hey, the against Lakers, a, the Lakers missed Zubac when they traded after he came oh yeah <laughs> yeah no I mean that was definitely a good pickup 100 percent but uh but if we're being really real I mean I'm not ready to put all my confidence in all my basket in him and Montrez Harrell versus Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis and JaVel McGee so yeah, I mean yeah no one's no one's winning down low against the Lakers Period. I, 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 maybe, maybe Denver, but outside of that, as far as like a good, decent matchup, that's when it comes to bigs. But yeah, outside of that, yeah, no one's winning. The Clippers will either win or die with their wings. The Lakers yep. will either win or die with their bigs. Like, yeah. again, we're not getting a 2010 Dwight Howard or 09 Dwight Howard in the NBA Finals. We're getting uh, well, it looks like he's got LeBron James' son hairstyle, and he also plays with him too. So it's just like yeah. we're getting that Dwight Howard. The only but the he's only, been a great role player, though. Hold on, we got to give him credit. No, he's he, been. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you're talking about Dwight Howard again. Like, what was he? Three time, four time Defensive Player of the Year. You yeah, know? he's not that anymore, but he's but he's a really good role player. He but, but played I'm very he's well. A, he's a shell year. of himself, nonetheless. He'll get you some yeah. rebounds. He'll get you a couple blocks, but he's not really going to be a difference maker as much as his name would make it say it uh seem like the right. real the real big issue is is ad anthony yep. davis has to average more than four points in the fourth quarter i'm sorry they're not going to win they're, with the playoffs as regardless i would still hope this still stands even though we're in this weird scenario the playoffs you know they're going to be a lot of close games and that fourth quarter is going to matter most 
And he, at the end of the day, he goes back to his guard days when it comes to him posting up. He doesn't like to post up. He'd rather just take a jump yeah. shot. So is that going to help or hurt? I think that's mm-hmm. – and also him being healthy, I hope that's that's the biggest thing that he got out of this quarantine is that all those nicks and tucks that LeBron James told him to play through. Hopefully he's gotten over that so we can see – we can finally judge AD in the playoffs as everybody who's been projecting him to be this Hall of Famer to be. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with everything. I agree with everything you're saying. It's all it's all valid points. Um, I just felt like I just felt like that physicality is going to be the difference versus the versus the Clippers and why I would pick them. And then again, when it's Giannis, if, uh, assuming Milwaukee gets out of the East, um, man, they're going to be able to form one hell of a wall between LeBron, Dwight, Anthony Davis. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and Danny Green as well. Like. They're going to be able to throw a lot of size at Giannis, and I think that that will be uh, that will be an issue for Milwaukee. So that was part of the reason, and then the other part of the reason was maybe this is me just being sentimental, but the tragic passing of Kobe, I really do feel like it's it's storybook for the Lakers to win this year, right? I I would agree, but literally so much shit has happened since then. Like you yeah. kind of like to say that Kobe died in the same year that like all this is happening like still seems like wait what like that yeah. actually happened in this year or this as well like we're not even seven months yeah. into the year or we just got halfway through the year and all this stuff has happened so I, it feels like this is one of those years where it's like I I, I first right. I was with I, you. I, I get first, that I first I was with you like I think right when he passed I was like man if LeBron wins the title this year. They're gonna put him over Jordan, like point blank. Period. It's just too much things you can add on to this storyline for him yeah. to get a whole documentary like MJ did. But with everything that's gone on, it's kind of like it still will be impactful, but it won't hit as hard as it could have. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean that's uh, that's the unfortunate truth is that there's a lot of shit going on in the world and um, r- right now. But you know that was so that was another part of my pick for um for the lakers and 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 that's just and that's and and that might be just you know my heart speaking but it was just it was just a gut feeling of mine that just like the lakers are going to win this due to the basketball is telling me but there's also this other gut feeling that i have that i'm that i'm following and maybe i'm right maybe i'm wrong but you sound like you're leaning towards the clippers right I, I'm just trying to stick with my pick at this point, Chris. Like I, <laughs> I usually try to make my picks early and then just stick with them throughout. I like, um, outside of like big, huge injuries that like, like if I picked the Warriors last year and K and KD went down, I'm like, okay, obviously you got to yeah. do something different. But like, no, everybody's supposed to be healthy. If anything, healthier than where they were a few months ago. So I'm sticking with the Clippers, even though I think the chemistry might be very questionable coming back. Um, yep. I think the talent and the championship level, at least from their best player, which is Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he's played with Pop, he's played with Nick Nurse, and now he's playing with Doc. That's like a really good coaching tree, at least, to get good advice as far as he's led teams on each one. Yeah. Um, and maybe Paul George will finally show off playoff P, because I haven't seen him since he was a hick in Indiana. So <laughs> we'll see. But I, I, I'm, I, the size thing is an issue. But at this point, with position is basketball, I want to see how much Dwight Howard will help when he has to guard Montrezl Harrell, who can I believe should be working on his jump shot because I think a few months ago I saw him shoot threes. But what if he what if he comes out in his bag and starts knocking down threes and makes Dwight yeah that's another out, thing. And then 
now you have a lane for Kawhi and PG to go through. So it's it, it, it's still it, it's all about the uh, the matchups, as they say, like it, right, and also style of play, the small yeah. ball dominate big ball. And that's what's going to be, you know, is three really worth more than two, you know, and, and all of these discussions are going to play out. And that's the beautiful thing about this layoff is it's been so long that scenarios that you just kicked are 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 real. Like we could come back to Montrezl Harrell being a three point shooter like who knows, you know, sometimes, sometimes it takes people a year. Sometimes it takes people months. I don't know what Montrez Harrell has been doing. I'm not following his, his, his IG every day. And if he, if I was, I don't think he'd be posting everything he's doing every day. But the point is like, there's all the, there's so much time that's, that, that has, that has lapsed since the last game of basketball has been played that, that adds a layer of excitement because there's all these other potential possibilities and that goes back to again what I said. You know, every situation creates a winner and a loser. It mm-hmm. creates it creates somebody that that benefits from it and somebody that gets hurt by it. So, with, with that being said, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm very excited to come see playoff basketball again. And I agree with you 100%. It's going to come down to that Lakers Clippers series as far as as far as can the perimeter players outperform the bigs or can the Clippers bigs maintain against the Lakers bigs like that those are going to be the 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 clear matchups and that's what makes them such a beautiful matchup is it's not it's not like these are two teams that are exactly the same they are stylistically different exactly and I I want to be I hope this is safe to assume that basically the Lakers Clippers matchup is the NBA finals pretty much yeah I agree (laughs) like whatever happens is, is just an afterthought Unless we see something insanely crazy go down, but it's not gonna be. It's not gonna be like a. If Milwaukee makes the finals, I don't think it's gonna be like a domination. Like I don't think the Lakers are gonna sweep them. Um, I I don't even think the Lakers would do five. They might, but I I would see that going six. If I had, to, I would if I hope had to it, guess. Went, it would go six. I mean, but it might go five. Yeah, it it could. I could see it going five if if Middleton like breaks down like he usually does. He, he he was been good like towards the end of the season, but if he breaks down in the playoffs and not show up, then yeah, I can see it going five easily. Giannis is good for one. If yeah, he if he yeah. if he if he can continue his three point shooting, he's good for two. But outside yeah. of that, yeah, it's a wrap. That's another thing too. Giannis could come back with no shooting touch. You know, like, I, would, I would think he. I would think he, like there's a few players. Or he, or he could come back better. Yeah, there's a few players I'm not worried about. Like Jimmy Butler, he's been working this whole time. He's been yeah. working his whole life. Like there's certain people, players I'm like. Giannis is one of those players where you're not gonna catch him slipping, at least not now. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. But, well, Nick, it's been a great podcast. I've been excited to talk basketball, and I'm glad that you are the person that I get to talk basketball with first. Now that it is coming back, um, I'm very excited to just watch basketball, and I'm glad to hear that you and everyone on your side are doing safe. Um, you know. I'm going to I'm going to keep wishing that for you. I'm going to hope that you enjoy as things open open back up and things start to get a little normal. Um, just glad to hear that you're doing good. Yeah, man. Uh, glad to hear you're doing uh, good as well. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm I'm excited for what's to come. Uh, the what is it? July 30th, July 31st, whatever the day yes. is. Um, that's that's a holiday. That's going to be a new holiday for me. I'm we, yeah. we hopefully it's good weather outside. We're going to be grilling. 
and everything. Kyrie come, he can come too. He ain't playing anyway. He can come, come watch us, uh, <laughs> watch his boys play and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely excited to see NBA playoffs. All right, Nick. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. Why don't you plug all the fantastic work you do? Um, okay, this is uh, I am a co-host on Dead End Sports. Please go check out Dead End Sports. You can pretty much check yep. out the whole Dead End Network. I'm not on everything, but I still support everything. Um, frames per second. Actually, we're um, we're going to review um, 8:46 uh, sometime within this week or next week. Um, we just got done doing. I was hurt by your uncut gems take. I love uncut gems. I I know a lot of people do, but. I I, I, was I didn't watch it in the movie theater, so I think that's what it was. I watched it on Netflix, so it, it kind of changes the, the the whole perception of that's it. That's fair. Me. But, um, yes, that's please fair. check out Frames Per Second. We got Uncut Gems Review. We just did the uh, the Five Bloods, and we did our final um, our recap of the season finale of Insecure. So check all that out. And, um, yes, check out NDR, uh, No Disrespect, my podcast. We're dropping an episode this week. Uh, we're recording this today on a Wednesday, but um, it'll drop by uh, Thursday. So check those things out. Okay. Thank you, Nick, for coming on the podcast, man. I always appreciate you, brother. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. You too, man.